Hello and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and we are talking all things lash and beauty business related. I've got a good topic today. A lot of people ask me what I would do differently. Is there anything I would change about my business journey or, you know, what I would have done from the start that was differently to the way I actually did it? And... I thought really hard about it and three things definitely stand out to me. So, I am going to address each one of those today and sort of go over why and the mistakes that I made with them. So, the first one, definitely, and I know you're all probably going to start yawning, but I should have set my prices higher from the start. I found it very difficult to transition from home into my commercial space with the existing clients that I had that had been seeing me, you know, for the previous two years. And of course, you know, when you're at home, you know, I definitely didn't have a legitimate business and I was just sort of charging. I was I was trying to be competitive on price. I think I was like, oh yeah, 50 bucks for like a volume refills, fine. You know, like I don't have any overheads here in the spare room of my house. I've just got product that doesn't really cost very much. So, you know, 50 bucks for one hour or one and a half hours work, that seems fair. And I'd only ever worked on wages prior to that. So, $50 for an hour seemed like I was hitting the jackpot. But as you well know, it's not high enough. Uh, You're definitely not going to make a profit if you are charging really anything less than $90 to $100 an hour, probably $100 an hour these days. But like I said, I found it very, very difficult because I wanted to look after these clients that had supported me for the last couple of years, but my overheads were so much higher in my new salon space. So, I think that I I recall writing an email (laughs) to my clients, um, you know, sending them a new price list or something like that and thinking, oh my God, they're all going to cancel they're all going to cancel their appointments. And I'm pretty sure I only had one cancel. So, I've been charging her. I actually kept her price so low for so long. I think it was only $40 for an hour-long refill. And I had put my price up, I think, to $85. $85 was my salon price for an hour refill. And so, yeah, the price was doubling. And It was really difficult because I was just, I'm thinking that no one's going to follow me. No one's going to support me. And I was really shocked because all of them did bar one. And the one that didn't continue to get her lashes done actually did uh, keep getting her nails done because I used to do nails back then as well. And yeah, she actually kept coming in every two weeks to get her nails done. And, you know, so I did retain all of my clientele. I was 100% convinced that I wasn't going to. And I did have a transition period. I think I charged them the at-home price for maybe the first appointment in the new space because I really wanted them to come in, see the new space. Like, I was really proud of it. We'd gone to a lot of trouble with, uh, you know, the the look and feel. It's completely different to what I have now, of course. Um, you know, our tastes change and evolve over over years and trends change. But at the time, I was pretty bloody proud of my my little salon, my little 30-metre square salon. And anyway, none of these people dropped off. Even after I increased their price to their salon price, 
it really proved to me that people, you know, if you form a connection with them and they uh, value you and you're good at what you do, they will follow you wherever you go and they will pay whatever you're charging. You know, if you're providing an excellent service to them and you make them feel important and like they're really valued when they're in your presence, they will keep coming back and they will pay whatever you charge. And usually people that drop off usually are looking for any excuse. You know, I've had people leave over the years for a price rise of $2. $2. I think I went from $96 for an hour-long volume lash refill to $98. And, yeah, like got this message from a girl just being like, oh, it's just too expensive. Like I cannot factor this into my budget any longer. (laughs) (laughs) over $2. But, you know, then I see her wearing lashes on social media from some other salon. So, you know, like usually people that leave over price rise are looking for any excuse to leave and that's fine. Uh, If they don't want to be a client of yours anymore, that's fine. Let them go. They can go wherever they want. It just opens space for new clients who are probably going to be better. Higher quality clients that are willing to pay your new prices and, you know, willing to pay even more. But looking back, I really should have increased them sooner. I should have had my at-home price be a lot higher than what it was. It would have made the transition into a commercial space a lot easier and a lot less stressful. You know, I remember laying awake at night thinking, oh my God, I'm going to open this salon I've borrowed $25,000 from the bank. Like it was a massive amount of money to me back then. And I'm going to look like a fool because I'm going to open my doors and I'm not going to have any clients. And I was shit scared. You know, I was scared that people would laugh at me. I was scared that my family would say, oh, yeah, I told you so. It's too big of a risk. But the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> you know, it's, all, it's, it's, it's like I said, if you're good at what you do, people will follow you and they will pay you. They'll be happy to pay you. And if you have built an amazing relationship with your clients, they will want to support you. And honestly, when you are going from home to a commercial space or perhaps you are going from renting space in somebody else's salon to opening your own salon, it's a great time to implement quite a big price rise because, uh, you know, people understand that your overheads have changed. It's the perfect time. Uh, You don't really have to do much explaining. And I would recommend as well that if you're not registered for GST, so Australians that are listening to my podcast will know what GST is. If you're not registered for GST yet, so your annual total revenue is under $75,000, you're not registered for GST, but you're looking like you might get close to it. If you are transitioning from home or, you know, renting space or in, and going into your own salon and you're looking like you're getting close to that $75,000 threshold and just a uh, side note, it's not just in a financial year, it's in any rolling 12-month period. So, don't think that if you didn't make 75 k in the last financial year, you shouldn't register. You need to look at what you've been doing. If you're doing around 6000 a month um, in total sales, not just profit, total sales revenue, it might be high time to talk to your accountant or bookkeeper about registering for GST. But my point is, uh, if you are going into a commercial space and you want to grow, that's your goal, and you are going to surpass that $75,000 threshold, 
definitely add that 10% on to start with because that was my big mistake. You know, I, I set my, for example, my hour-long lash refill to $85. I went from $50 to $85. But shortly after I registered for GST and realized that I was kissing goodbye to 10% of that $85. So really, my price was 85 including GST at that point. So I had to do another price rise of 10%, which was quite a big one. And I did have a a few clients at that time that were a little bit shirty with me. But when I explained that I had to register for GST and, you know, I would be losing 10% of my my revenue in goods and services tax, uh, they did understand. But I would, looking back, I would probably just add that extra 10%, decide on your price and add the 10% on top from the beginning. It's going to be much easier for you and much less stressful. The second thing that I would change if I was starting again today would be to hire staff sooner. And I really held out for as long as I could because I believed all those things that I heard from family and friends and other business owners about staff being the worst and that they're nothing but trouble and they're going to steal all your clients and all of that sort of stuff. And I was convinced that I was going to work in that tiny little salon on my own for two years, for the entirety of my lease. And I just, I I just kept working harder and harder and harder. I got booked out. I got to the point where I was booked out six weeks in advance. Uh, I was working Wednesday through to Saturday, doing 40 hours in four days. And I did not even have one spare 15 minute appointment for six weeks. I was losing business. I knew that I physically couldn't take on any more clients. The reason I was doing so many hours in four days is because I had two very, very young children at the time. My son was only 10 months old and my daughter was two and I couldn't afford to put them in daycare for any more days. So, they were in daycare Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and then my husband looked after them on a Saturday for me. And I suppose I had that mum guilt as well. You know, I wanted to spend Sunday, Monday, Tuesday with my kids and not be completely exhausted and, you know, them be in bed by the time I got home from my salon. But I couldn't afford to put them in childcare for any more than that. And so that's why I didn't add the Tuesday in as well. And I really thought, what what the hell am I going to do? I'm on this hamster wheel and I can't get off client after client after client. I couldn't reschedule anything because I had literally nowhere to put them. I couldn't answer my phone. I was still at my salon, you know, till 10 o'clock at night, ringing people back uh, from calls that I'd missed during the day. I usually ran late because so many people walked in through the front door. It was a really hectic time in my life and I got really desperate um, and I, I, I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe that I needed staff. I really didn't think that I I would get to that point that quickly. And unfortunately, my first hire was not really the best choice, even though like she's a beautiful lady. So I still get along with her so well to this day. But in terms of business growth, you know, she she was kind of she was a little bit older than me and she was not really interested in growing my business, not really interested in growing a clientele. She was happy to just go to work 
do her job and then come home. And for a first employee, that's probably not the best choice. But I was a complete rookie at the time. I'd never hired anyone before. I'd never managed anyone before. And I was desperate. So I always say to my coaching clients or anyone that will listen, do not let it get to a point of desperation where you're so booked up that you you can't make a good decision on a team member because you're just that desperate to have anyone. You know, it never works out well. Every time that I have hired straight away, like I've been quick to hire, like after someone's left or something like that, those hires have never, ever, ever panned out well. They've actually ended up being really bad employees. Yeah. And I I just chose badly because I was coming from a place of desperation. So, Now, if someone quits, I usually wait a little while, I rejig things, rejig the roster. I might go in and do a few extra hours to pick up a little bit of slack. I'll just reassess and like wait a month or two and then start advertising for a new team member. And I usually choose people that are unqualified. I have to teach them everything. And, you know, they usually... Uh, work out to be way, way, way better employees. So, you can't really hire someone that's unqualified if you are desperate. Uh, You need the time and space to be able to train them and, you know, build them into the amazing employee that you need them to be. So, burnout's not fun. Don't get desperate. Don't work yourself into into a spot that you can't get out of. It's, it's not a fun place to be and I see a lot of people just giving up at this point because they cannot handle the client load alone. They can't maintain that level of work for that long because it is very, very physically hard and mentally draining doing clients for 10 plus hours a day, every, even eight hours a day, you know, just talking to people, sitting there, doing their lashes or, you know, Being any sort of service provider in the hair and beauty industry is very hard. You know, I know that I've talked about on here before that if I work eight hours, I go home and I just, all I'm capable of is watching Netflix um, for a couple of hours to numb my brain. I can't hold a good conversation with my husband. It's, It's really difficult because I've just been switched on all day and I am mentally drained from talking to different people. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy it. I love it. I love it when I'm at work. But it is so draining and I know that you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, definitely I would have hired staff sooner. I shouldn't have let myself get to that point of desperation because I did make a choice that didn't pan out. It worked at the time. Look, I'll tell you that she was with me for six months and, you know, towards the end of the six months because we were just growing so fast, I needed to hire somebody else. But I wasn't in a place of desperation then. And that third employee, she stayed with me for two years and was fantastic. So, you know, everything happens for a reason, but just don't let yourself get to a point where you have no time to hire properly or you have no time to train that person properly. If around 80% or so of your bookable hours are gone, if they're already booked with recurring clientele, like over the next month or two, it's probably time to hire. I wouldn't let it get too high, much higher over that 80% mark um, because you've only got 20% free time left. And if you're good at marketing yourself and you've got lots of people running around town telling everyone how good you are, that 20% of free time is going to book up really, really quickly. So, yeah, 
around 80% is a, be- a good benchmark. You know, if, you, if you've got 80% of your clients coming back to you all the time, definitely look at hiring. And the last one is <laughs> saying no more often, knowing my boundaries and sticking to them. Again, if you are a listener of the, a regular listener of the Lash Business Lounge, uh, you would have heard me talk about people pleasing. And I am definitely a people pleaser, uh, much better. I've gotten a lot better than I used to be. Uh, I'm still very guilty of people pleasing. <laughs> but I do find that a lot of women in uh, the hair and beauty industry, we love looking after people. We don't like upsetting anyone. We are people pleasers. So, I just used to say yes to my clients all the time. I really painted myself into a corner, you know, which is just getting stuck, doing all the clients, staying late, coming in early, working extra just to keep people happy. And it's really hard. It's a hard place to be because usually when you say yes to people, like a hard request, a difficult question, and you say yes, they are probably going to ask that again in the future. A good example from my past would be uh, I had a client that uh, was booked in with my team member that I was just talking about earlier uh, who had called in sick one day and I felt so bad. This was the first time I'd ever had to reschedule clients. You know, I used to just go to work sick all the time because I had no time, no place to move anywhere and, you know, that's not really spoken about these days in COVID times um, (laughs) because- The slightest sniffle, people tend to stay home. But uh, back then, I definitely would just power through. Been known to just shove tissues up my nose, inside my mask to stop it running and things like that. And would sit there lashing while I had a fever because I literally just had nowhere to move anyone. And I know that a lot of you would be guilty of this as well. But yeah, I I had to reschedule some clients out of uh, my staff members column And I had one client that was just so unhappy about it. Like she was being quite unreasonable and I was doing my best to try and fit her back in and, you know, nothing suited her. And she asked me if I could do Sunday and I said, yes, (laughs) I came in for that one client, did her lashes. She was very happy, of course, Um, very grateful that I was able to fit her in. But guess what? Guess who kept asking for Sunday appointments with me after that? (laughs) And I had no one to blame but myself. I said yes. I let my boundaries down and I shouldn't have. And I learned this lesson the really hard way because I had to say no to her. And she, she was quite unhappy with me. Oh, well, you did it the other day. Why can't you? I don't see why you can't do it again. And yes, this this person was quite, quite abnormally demanding. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and in the end, she ended up going somewhere else, which is fine. I was, wasn't unhappy about it. But yeah, the, the point of the story is that I shouldn't have agreed to it. It was outside of my normal business hours. I certainly wouldn't expect my staff to come in on a Sunday to do clients. So, why should I put that on myself? You know, it it was a silly thing to do, but, uh, you know, and I've done other stupid things like that, you know, like staying till 11 o'clock at night, coming in at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, you know, when my normal business hours don't start till nine, just to fit people in. And, you know, people 
just come to expect that you're going to accommodate every request if you're doing that all the time. And it's very, very hard to start saying no when you've been saying yes for so long. Really, really, really hard. You've kind of set this precedent for being someone that is super accommodating and people usually, they just take advantage of it. They will keep doing it. So, It is a little bit easier for me now because I have a full-time receptionist in my salon that can say no for me, (laughs) but I have gotten a lot, lot tougher over the years just due to hard lessons learned, like the ones that I've just described. And, you know, if you want to grow your business and start reducing your own client hours down and transitioning a few people to your staff, you have to get very good at saying no. And that you're not available at that time because it's all too easy to just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, well, just that one time I'll come in and do that. And then the next time you'll be in with such and such because, yeah, they will come to expect that they can just get in with you every time. So, toughen up, princess. Uh, Take a spoon full of cement and start saying no to people. It's not going to hurt you. They will probably come to respect you a little bit more, respect your boundaries, but like I said, is much, much easier to start saying it early on in the piece rather than saying yes for years and then all of a sudden start saying no. Your clients aren't going to take it as easily as if you had have started in the beginning. So, I want to know, is there anything you regret about the way you started your business or did you get everything perfect from the start. I'd love to hear. Send me a DM on Instagram. My handle is Lauren Lappin underscore. So, L-A-U-R-E-N-L-A-P-P-I-N underscore. And just a reminder that I am opening the doors to salon goals in January. Uh, So, if you are interested in growing your business in 2023, please reach out. Uh, You can send me a DM, ask me any questions you like, or if you would just like to apply, you can head to the link in my bio on Instagram and pop your details in there and I will get back to you. But that is all I've got for you today. I will see you all online soon.